The Dr. Chris Griffin Show, Season 1, Episode 22. Decreased business pace increases overhead. So does increased business pace. Now, who said that? Welcome to the Dr. Chris Griffin Show, your resource for leveraging systems and technology to ease your workload, increase productivity, and provide you with the time off you deserve to live the life of your dreams. It's time to practice productivity and the passionate pursuit of a better life with your host, Dr. Chris Griffin. The doctor is in. Hey everybody! Well, that is uh, this this quote. I am so thrilled to get to share this quote with you guys because this quote actually comes from a great American that very good chance you've not heard of. Now that quote was by none other than Mister Norman Ralph Augustine. Now Mister Augustine, he's eighty years old now, but he has done just about everything that you could imagine in the fields of like serving your country. In space flight. In fact, currently at 80 years old, he is the chair of the Human Space Flight Review Committee at the Carnegie Institute in Washington. But he has held just about every title under the sun, both in the private sector and the public sector. Uh, right, he graduated from Princeton, you know, I'm sure genius level when he gets out of there, and he goes into the aircraft industry. So he, uh, he joins Douglas Aircraft in California, and then at some point, he's apparently so good at that that he moves into the office of the Secretary of Defense as, uh, as a director there, and, and, and so he serves in that capacity. And then a little later on, he serves as the Secretary of the Army. Okay, Then he goes private. And he goes to work for Martin Marietta Corporation, which eventually leads to him being president of Lockheed Martin. Now, if you know much about Lockheed Martin, they are primo tops when it comes to developing rockets and things like that for the Space Administration. And so then he goes on to chair the advisory committee on the future of the U.S. space program. Okay, that he was so important on that, they named it the Augustine Committee. Okay, Uh since then, he's gone in the private sector. He's done uh, venture capital firms. He was the principal officer and chairman of the American Red Cross for nine years, for goodness sake. He's been the chairman of a committee over all the United States operations in Antarctica. He's done just about everything you could possibly do. And uh, he's got so many good quotes. You should just Google him sometime. But let me tell you. A couple of good ones. <laughs> this got some really good ones. Okay, you know, we talk about systems here a lot, right? Uh, here's a great quote. Simple systems are not feasible because they require infinite testing, right? There's never such a thing as a simple system. you got to get things out there and get them going or else you're never going to figure out the bugs. Uh, here's a great one. The Optimum Committee has no members, right? Oh, I'm, I can only imagine how many... How many committees he sat on in Washington and just it probably wanted to pull his fingernails out trying to listen uh, listen to all that craziness. People do not win people fights. Lawyers do, okay? There's one that we all can understand. Uh, and here's the last one I'm going to share with you because I'm telling you, there's a lot of good ones. The early bird gets the worm. The early worm gets eaten, okay? So that says a little bit of something about being a pioneer in areas, I suppose, and getting arrows in your back. But anyway, enough about Mr. Norman Ralph Augustine. If you want to learn more about him, you can go read up on him. But today, 
our episode is going to be primarily based on the topic of overhead. And now overhead in the dental office is uh, is something that maybe it's not exactly quite what you think. It's a lot of times it has to do with cutting costs, sure. But a lot of times you can decrease overhead in other ways by increasing, say, productivity. And so a lot of times it's a dual-edged sword and you have to attack it from both directions to have success. So today we're going to dive into the last segment of the lecture that I offered in Oklahoma City. And this was almost completely about the, sub- the subject of overhead. Before we get into that, though, let me give a quick shout out to one of the most fabulous, tremendous courses that I've taken recently. Now, as many of you know, I take a lot of CE courses. I guess you could say I'm in pursuit of my master's uh, in the Academy of General Dentistry. I got my fellowship years ago at age 29, and here I have struggled along for the next 14 years without getting my master's. A little bit embarrassing. Howard Friend always said you only needed I think he, I don't know what he said. I think he said five years after your fellowship to get your master's. Well, I'm going on 14, and it's it's looking like uh, just now I'm getting close enough that I like pulled up my transcript and saw how many hours I lacked. So I will be working on that here or there, but that's not my primary goal in life to get another letter behind my name. Uh, it's just a little feather in your cap since you since I've gotten this close, right? Uh, one thing though that I have taken, I noticed on my transcript, more than anything else, I've taken hundreds, and I mean, we're talking over 500 hours in a subject area. Of course, you can't count all those towards your MAGD, darn it, but uh, but I've taken hundreds of hours in orthodontics. Uh, why? Well, right here in the sticks, right? To get people to go to the orthodontist is not the easiest thing in the world, and a lot of times people don't have the money to shell out on the front end, and so as a general dentist, I hear a lot of people's complaints, and I hear about, look, I just can't afford the orthodontist. I guess my kids are just going to have crooked teeth. And so over the years, I have studied it extensively um, so that I could help out, I don't know what percentage, maybe 70, 75% of the people that come through the door uh, and get a reasonable result. I mean, of course, orthodontists, they're the gold standard, but... As a general dentist who's taken hundreds of hours of ortho CE, I can tell you, I can help a lot of people. And slow times of the year, hey, nothing wrong with a good ortho case. Now, there are lots of reasons why if you're not prepared and you don't know exactly what you're doing, you should not charge into orthodontics. And you should prepare yourself first before you take on a case because, look, you got people's teeth, people's bites at stake. you got to be really competent at what you're doing um, and understand the parameters, understand your your worst case scenarios before you go charging ahead. But having said that, there's really nothing that's more valuable than seeing a kid who you know would never have gotten a chance to have braces and then you do their braces for them. And sure, maybe it takes six months longer than the orthodontist, but hey, it looks great in the end. They're happy. The parents are happy. You've made happy people for life and they're going to remember you and that's going to come back to your practice over and over and over. So having said that, The course that I used, that I took, that really made the huge difference for me was back over a decade ago when I took the one and only Big Bob Garrity's course from the American Orthodontic Society, and I took it in all kinds of places, Atlanta, Dallas, Louisville. Uh, He used to offer three sites, and he would rotate, and you could take the courses anywhere you wanted, right? And so I I took advantage. I, I really got to know Dallas, Atlanta, and Louisville well taking those courses. 
Since then, uh, Big Bob has retired from teaching, and uh, it's a shame because that guy was a wealth of knowledge, and he was a trailblazer like none other, just like Mr. Augustine said, you know, the, the early worm gets eaten. Well, Big Bob, he was he was definitely the early worm. Uh, you know, he always told stories of going to uh, orthodontist society meetings that and he would talk to people out in the hall, and he was they'd be real friendly until he told them, you know, they say, well, where do you practice? And he'd say, well, I practice in Ada. I'm not sure exactly what part of Oklahoma that's in, but that's where he was from. And so they'd say, well, I didn't know there was an orthodontist there. And he'd say, well, I'm not an orthodontist. I'm a general dentist. And he said, you know, it was like the parting of the Red Sea. You know, after that, pretty much everybody just away from him. Uh, so he took a lot of arrows early on. But since then, he opened the doorway to general dentists really being allowed to take orthodontic courses that really taught stuff and hundreds if not thousands i'm sure thousands i'm sure thousands, maybe tens of thousands have come after him and learned techniques that really help their patients and he spawned an entire industry now of people that teach orthodontics to general dentists and, pedi- and pediatric dentists too so uh, hats off to big bob so since big bob has retired now a couple of guys have taken up the teachings of his mechanics because they were early students of his and their course is tremendous too. It, it's it's taught in a different way. So Big Bob, you know, he had a certain very uh, loud, direct way of teaching, a little bit intimidating at times. Well, these guys, you know, they are so thorough and so soft-spoken and kind and really helping. They just help you learn. They just get there, and they, they're over your shoulder and just helping you every step of the way. And I had a tremendous experience, you know. I've done, I don't know how many cases, but well over 100 cases here in Ripley. And, and goodness, I go and I, after a decade, and I, and I go through this course, and I see so many things that I could learn to help expand the way that I do ortho in my practice. And I just wanted to give a little shout-out to their course, uh, Dr. Joe Schmidbauer and Dr. Jordan Balvich, those guys are tremendous. If you want to sign up for their course, you just go to www.orthodontics.com. It's the um, American Orthodontic Society website, and you can sort of click around there until you find their course. This course, currently their teachings in Nashville. Um, we're halfway. We're nearly halfway through this one, but I'm sure you can get on the waiting list and go ahead and sign up for for the next sessions that they do. And it's absolutely tremendous. I cannot say enough good things about it. In fact, they'll be hosting me next. the next session. I'll be delivering um, a lecture at lunch that's probably pretty similar to the lecture I delivered at the sleep apnea uh, course for Dr. Kent Smith in Dallas. So hopefully that'll go well. I'll let you guys know, right? <laughs> so anyway, I've talked, I've talked a lot about some different stuff. But going back to the topic of today's podcast... Really, when you think about overhead and you're trying to lower your overhead, well, hey, if you could add a couple of braces cases every month or a couple of implant cases or whatever, you're increasing your production in the office where you're actually lowering your overhead, right? It's not all about slashing costs and cutting people off the payroll. So we're going to dive right in and we're going to learn all about the overhead strategies, our supply ordering system, overordering syndrome, and, and tons and tons of amazing information um, and at the end, we're actually going to, you got a little bonus because we're going to talk about our dental membership program, which has really, really helped solidify a lot of patients to our practice who lost their insurance. So anyway, here we go back for the last time to the Oklahoma City Lecture. 
and we'll get right to it. So like I said, my six rooms, they're identical. There's nothing in them. They're very sleek. They're streamlined. One of my hygiene rooms is that way. But the two hygienists that have been there the longest, I gave up. I said, just do what you want to do. If you want a desk in here, put a desk. If you want a computer, put a computer. I just, I just want you to be happy. <laughs> so they just, they do what they want to do. So no, I do not like to do fillings and hygiene because they've got their crap everywhere. You know, like Mama's kitchen. I mean, you got little doodads and whatnot, so whatever. I mean, whatever. That's their house. That's their home, away from home, I guess. Whatever. Let them have it. Oh, so, you know, we got those factories. So uh, a lot of people on different shifts, and even though I hate it, I try to accommodate them. So Monday's 8 to 6, Tuesday's 8 to 5, Wednesday's 7 to 3, I mean 7 to 4. I hate Wednesdays, I hate 7 o'clocks, but there's, Ashley has a night shift that turns out at 7. So we do have 7 o'clocks are booked up for six months. It just... They like them. The factory people love those because they come in, they get their stuff done, and then they go home and go to sleep. So it doesn't mess up their sleep patterns as bad. So, and a lot of people like the Monday late appointments because then there's a factory shift that doesn't get through to four. And if they if they don't, you know, if they don't live in town or if they need a procedure that's longer than an hour or something, they like because we're open till six. So, I figured if I'm only going to work three days a week, I may as well really bust it those three days. That was an interesting sidebar. I didn't know that we were going to get into all that. Good. I feel like you guys are engaged now. <laughs> Only got 15 minutes. Let me just run through. If you guys see something you like in this overflow, over, uh, overhead thing, I'll stop, okay? If you have any questions, just ask that too. More, more work in-house, that's a good one. As I've gotten teenagers, I've brought more, more work in-house. <laughs> Landscaping. I love watching them landscape. That is awesome. I like just watching them through the windows and then going and yelling at them when they miss something. That's pretty cool. Watch them sweat, you know. Watch that. Back in my day, son, I wouldn't have left a blade of grass bad like this. Are you kidding me? Give me a break. Oh, the supply ordering system. You guys probably should hear about that. I'm sorry I didn't have a picture. I couldn't find one last night. Um, so the way we keep ours around 5% is by using a tag system. Has anybody in here ever used a tag system to order supplies? You, man, you're on it. Duh. Cannot get anything past this guy. Look at him. Um, so the way a tag system works is you only order things once or twice a month, and that makes you be frugal with it so you don't just, oh, we're out of this, let's order it. And uh, the way you never run out is like, for example, let's say you got a polyvinyl cartridge system you like. Well, you have a supply, a main supply area, so you would just stack these about whatever. You got 10 on the premises, stack them 10 deep. And you know that when you get to number seven, you better pull, we have little tags on them, a little string, a little tag. It says the company we order from, the order number, and all this stuff. So we get to number seven, we pull that tag off, put it in the tag box. And twice a month, Jackie goes through that box and she orders the things that we need. Now, it is true that my hygienist put a lot of tags in there that are not absolutely necessary. But we, we do, you know, that's why Jackie doesn't just order everything. She actually looks at it, you know. Uh, but anyway, you pull the tag, you put it in the box, and then twice a month, Jackie will come through. She'll order the things that are needed. 
And that way we never run out, but we never overorder. Because I used to, I had this, one of my first employees named Angela. She was great. I really loved her, smart, uh, funny. But my supply bill always ran 9%. I couldn't figure it out because I'm not like a supply genius or anything. I couldn't figure it out. So she leaves for, she actually lives in Houston now. She left for another job, and uh, Lapita took it over, and we started, we went from 9% to 7% to 5%. I'm like, wow, Lapita, you are a genius. And she's like, well, I hate to take credit. You know, she was bad on, like, if somebody said, well, gosh, this month, stuff's buy three, get one free. She said when we cleaned out her supply closet after she left, we had to throw away a lot of stuff that had expired. And, and so anyway, as a good example, she, she left for Houston in about 2002. I just had to reorder number four round burrs in 2012. She had bought me a decade worth of number four round burrs, right? Because the guy would say, look, it's, it's a pack. It's a clinic pack. You buy three, you get one free, you know? And she did that probably multiple times. I don't know. But uh, that's just how she rolled, you know? That's how she ordered and then when we got real serious with the tag system, it solved it, right? Now we're down around 5%. I am not saying we're always 5%, but we're close, and uh, I'm okay with that. All right, inspect your lab bill closely, um, all bills for that matter. Man, your lab, have you guys ever, if you ever looked, your lab will charge you for stuff that they shouldn't have. Have you guys ever noticed that? Every lab I've ever dealt with has mistakes. I don't know if they get in a hurry or if they just hope you don't catch it. I don't know. All right, and this is what we do. Like Jackie is so tight with that 5%, it'll get down to the last week of the month and I'll be using crap that I absolutely hate. But it's stuff that she squirreled away that didn't expire. And like if she's out of the good supplies, sometimes she will have stuff that it's not like really important stuff, she'll make me use the crappy stuff the last week of the month just to get by so she can order the good stuff at the first feast month. But you know, you gotta you do a good spring cleaning, you're gonna find stuff that's okay stuff to use, nothing wrong with it. Maybe you just don't like it. Maybe there's the cement that takes three minutes to set up instead of a minute and a half or whatever, you know, but you don't like it, but it ain't gonna kill anybody to use a cement that takes another minute and a half. You can get go back if you have to, go back to cheaper supplies, even though you hate it. I certainly do hate it. Uh, you know, I hate to, like the dealers out here, supply dealers, I hate really because they, they don't make a ton of money off of you, but you can deal with them, certainly. i found I don't like to do it often because I'll tell you, like I said, when my place burned and Nashville Dental was there just with me and my cousin and we were knocking out that new place, I was appreciative that I didn't ever do this to them too much. But like my buddy up in Nashville, he does this all the time. He's always switching from shine to... to uh, Patterson, to Binko, to Nashville Dental, just whoever gave him the best deal. And uh, I just, you know, I think eventually I'll come back and beat you. But if you're in a tight for a short period of time, they ask your supplier. If you're good to them, they'll help you every now and then. They really will help you. The production surge, same day dentistry, number one easiest way to increase your production, case acceptance. We already talked about that. We talked about staff complaints. Hey, man, if you're a chatty Cathy, look, you can still talk, but at least work while you're talking. Don't sit down and have conversations with your patient and then start working, you know. Talk to them while you're doing stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. Check strategy. Who's ever heard of the check strategy for a bonus? This is awesome. It works so good on the short-term production surges. Staff people are going to be glad you stuck around for this one. Let's say that you 
have something that you really want to happen. Like, you really, we're doing this right now in my practice. I really wanted to have, because it's been a while since we had over 200 new patients in a quarter. And we're, I really want that to happen the first quarter of this year. And we're doing really good this year, too. And I think we're going to get it. So on January 1st, well, actually, I didn't come up with this until February. February 1st, I said, okay. I wrote out everybody a check for $100. And I said, the, as long as we hit 200 new patients before March 31st, everybody gets to cash this check. But you got to hold on to this check. And if we do not hit 200 new patients by March 31st, you got to hand it back to me, okay? Now, in all the years I've done this, they've only had to hand me the check back one time. I've probably done it seven or eight times. And it's crazy, man. We keep up with referrals, and then we have a line item called staff referrals. And so one thing we do is I have cards, and the staff have them printed up, and they carry them with them. And, you know, of course, they all have logos on and stuff when they go to the grocery store or whatever, and they keep these cards in their pocket, and their cards have their names on the back of them so we can keep track of who's doing who's handing them out. And it's like free Zam, free x-ray. Like, I don't publicly advertise anymore, but if somebody asks, say, Jackie at the grocery store, hey, so you work with Dr. Griffin, you know, starts talking to her, Jackie will say, hey, you know what? I know that Dr. Griffin would love to have you in the practice. In fact, he gave me some cards if I ever ran into anybody who would be a good fit for our practice. He wanted me to give it to him. And this is for a free exam, free x-ray, you know, so your first visit would be totally free, and I know he'd love you. And so they're like, oh, okay, great. So this quarter, our staff referrals are quadrupled. Quadrupled. You know why? That $100 check staring at them in their purse. Every time they look in their purse, that $100 check right there. They do not want to give me that $100 check back, right? They want to cash that thing. But we haven't got there yet, but I'd say it'd be, it would take a lot for us not to get it this quarter. We're probably going to go way over it from the looks of things. All right, the in-office membership. One of the most successful all-time things we ever did is, is offer an in-office discount plan in our practice. It makes people feel like insiders, yes. Um, you know, people really, if you word it right, without calling it an insurance policy, people really view this just like insurance. Okay, they're proud of it just like their insurance. Of course, the, it cuts your overhead. Who in here has Chase Insurance? Which one of y'all? Who has Chase Insurance? You? All right. It's all okay. Do you like that job? No, everybody hates insurance. I hate them too. You get 100% of your money for the procedure for the uh, plus yearly monthly fee. So the way we set this up is there's a yearly fee. And we figure it out. We figure it out by saying, okay, what would two adult profies, one set of bite wings, and a couple of exams, I think, what would that cost? And so in our practice, it's like, you know, we're not expensive, so it's like $210. And um, we figure, okay, so an, a membership to our practice program is like $197 or something like that. It may be, we may have just gone to $236, I don't remember. But anyway, let's just say $200. And so they pay that $200 for that $200, they're going to get their two adult cleanings. They're going to get any x-rays they need for the whole year. They're going to get any exams they need, right? Uh, and they're going to get 20% off all procedures at my office. Now, you can, if you're plan, you can set the parameters however you want to. You can go 10%. You can go 15%. You can go 25%. I don't care. You know, some people charge $400 for this, and they still do well with it. 
It cuts down your no-shows because people feel like they've already paid for it, so they want to show up. Um, you can offer this to companies, little, little small businesses in the area that don't have dental insurance for their people because a lot of people with Obamacare have medical insurance but not dental insurance. All right? We do this with, like, the law offices in Ripley. A lot of them have, take us up and they buy this for their people. Actually, the medical offices in town also do this for their people. They give them dental insurance with us. I say insurance. It's not insurance. Don't use the word insurance. That's illegal. Don't do that. But it is basically viewed the same. Um, it gives you a perpetual reason why to reach out and market to people. At the end of February, we sent out a mailer to all the people who had not been in our practice for the last 13 months. And the reason why we reached out to them is, hey, we, have you noticed our new dental membership plan? And out of that, the very first week, a lady came in and did a $4,300 case that week. You know why? Because she got a 20% discount. I don't care. I know that I gave her 20% off, but still, you're still making money on a deal like that. All right, 12 steps to do this. Number one, decide the benefits you want to offer. Number two, review your current fee schedule. All right, because this is a good time too. You might, just like me, I, a lot of my prices were out of whack because I hadn't changed my prices in like seven years when we did this. So I was out of whack. Uh, decide what discount you're going to offer. Establish your fee schedule. Now, I told you I doubled my memberships, right, two years ago. How did I do it? Instead of forcing everybody to pay everything up front on a yearly membership, with Dentrix PowerPay, we started setting people up for $19.97 a month. So our memberships were $200, but they were more than willing to pay $19.97 a month, which actually gave us $240 instead of $200. Monthly payments, that's the ticket. Everybody loves a monthly payment. If you can keep it under 20 or whatever your price point, if you want to do it 29 whatever it is, figure out a good price point. But monthly, man, that is the ticket. And, you know, I was surprised. I thought we'd have a lot of bad credit cards and stuff. Very few. Out of, uh, I think we got right at 400 memberships right now. Lapita, I asked her this question the other day. She said, so far this year we've only had to chase two credit cards. And then we finally caught them, and they ended up, they didn't, you know, welch out on us. They actually paid us, and, you know, it's, we're, they're caught up now. It's, your credit card got canceled. Um, you got to get with your team leaders. Make sure they're on board, because if you just come in and say, and we're doing this, and, you know, they won't understand it. They won't see the benefits. They'll be against you. It will fail. So you got to get your team leaders on your side. Figure out a system of accounting, because there will be adjustments. There will be adjustments. This makes it a little confusing but the benefits far outweigh the trouble, okay? It's not a big deal to figure out how to do the adjustments in Dentrix. Decide how you're going to label them internally, you know, tag them in Dentrix so that you can easily pull up a list of all your members. Now, once everybody's on board and you kind of know how this is going to work internally, introduce the plan to your whole office, like you and your team leaders on each side and everybody else, and they're like, yes, we're doing this, it's going to be great, because you if you get the team leaders on your side, usually everybody else will fall into line. Otherwise, there's going to be a lot of questions. People are not going to understand this. Create a launch plan with a calendar. So you need a little time to get your marketing materials together and get it out to the community. In my case, I did billboards. I did newspaper ads. I did mailers. I did a lot of stuff. And when we launched it, it was a you know, very good success uh, that first year. Create your marketing materials. Now, set up trainings, so a couple of your weekly trainings you need to spend going over scenarios so your staff not only knows how to promote this, 
but knows how to handle things like the adjustments and all this stuff so things don't get screwed up, and then just go ahead and launch it. That's right, just do it. That's about the only way that you can really ever get anything of value done in your practice, just by jumping in with both feet and doing it. Just like Nike said in the 90s, just do it, right? Uh, so anyway, that's it. Uh, once again, let me reiterate, just like I told the group in Oklahoma, I'm not a lawyer. I don't pretend to be a lawyer. I don't know legalese. I do know that if you need good legal advice, you should absolutely go see a professional, go see a lawyer, somebody that knows what they're talking about in the realm of all this stuff. A lot of this stuff is state by state. So, you know, what's good for the goose may not be good for the gander, depending on where you practice. Just be sure you check up on that, but absolutely find a way to improve things in your practice. And I guarantee if you stay at it long enough, you will absolutely find a way that works. Okay. This, if people are doing it all over the country, you know, it could be done right? So uh, anyway, thanks again to all the people that gave us inspiration today. Thanks again to uh, Dr. Balvich and Dr. Schmidbauer for throwing such an amazing orthodontic course in Nashville and for inviting me to come speak here in a couple of months. If you want to sign up for their course, absolutely go to the AOS website, orthodontics.com. I would highly recommend it. Uh, other than that, you know, the season's coming to an end, guys. Just a couple of episodes left. I know you're crying your eyes out, but uh, I'm going to take a nice long summer break. Going to head down to do some deep sea fishing. Going to do some Universal Orlando. Going to watch a lot of baseball games my kids are playing in. And uh, before you know it, fall will be here. We'll be back with season two. So if you have any recommendations or feedback or anything you'd like for us to cover in season two, hey, I'm all ears, okay? Well, everybody, have a great rest of your week. We're going to try to have one here, and we'll see you next time. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Dr. Chris Griffin Show. Be sure to visit drchrisgriffin.com for the latest resources and updates to keep you more productive every single day you're at the practice so when you're not working, you can do the things that matter most in life. We look forward to having you join us for another episode of the Chris Griffin Show, where the doctor is always in. Always in.